Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode one... It's 123. Oh, but wait. To the astute listener, this is going to sound familiar. We did we did uh, incorrectly claim last episode was 123. I think we might have had a... You know, there are a couple of excuses we could make. One might have been a, a schedule change uh, in, in release. Which was true. Which was yes, true. Yes, yes. We, we sort of sped that one up. Uh, the other might have just been, it was a long day. Listen, 122 is a palindrome. That's going to get your boy pretty hyped up. And 123 is sequential, which might be the new thing that really sets me off. Sequential numbers much more rare, so that makes them much more interesting. Yeah, I mean, like one, three, five, maybe like odd numbers that might freak me out, man. When we get there, I'm already shaking my boots. Or even, (laughs) or even like one, two. Oh wait, I guess that'd be three. I was gonna say like Fibonacci sequence. Oh yeah, but then two, then we'll have two hundred thirty-five. Well, that'll be the next one. Oh man, that's gonna that'll f- be really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna lose my shit, guys. Stay tuned. Really, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna- listen to one other episode, <laughs> yeah, 235. No, no, I was gonna say if you're really gonna just kind of uh, uh, buckle down on the show and just listen through, I think it's worth it to get to 235 to hear me <laughs> lose my mind. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Anyway, um, okay, so episode 123. So the second 123, the real 123, yeah, features the none other than. A Minneapolis photographer and storyteller. Her name is Alex Rabarchik, and she is currently, her latest project is the Immigrant Portrait Project, which lends a voice to those with an immigrant background through the both the, the frames of photography mm-hmm. and written storytelling and gives them sort of a spotlight in a climate which um, is a little bit contentious certainly uh, it, it, in 2017 it, it was uh, it was a bit of a response to the uh, travel ban uh, yes. placed by the Trump uh, administration and it's a, it's a really interesting it. yeah. it's a cool project it's an important project and she is super she awesome. has a great understanding and she's super vulnerable and honest about what she's doing. So yeah. she really made for a great guest. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't want to fixate too much on age, but I do think it is like contextually interesting, um, not defining per se, but you know, she's a, a younger guest. She's 22, 22, no younger, perhaps younger. We do talk about it 21. on the, on the cast. Either so way, she, she's, the, a low, yeah, she's a low twenties. <laughs> and, and I just think it's, it's uh it's special to hear her perspective. Um, on, on it is um, indeed we were talking about sort of a perspective based topic in represent representation and how one person can sometimes given the right art and circumstance lend another person a voice uh, which I think in some ways she is doing with this project uh, whether it's the whole theory behind representation when and when it isn't okay and the potential benefits and pitfalls of representation and doing it accurately. I think she especially considered her youth in the creative sphere has really insightful responses to those questions. Yeah, absolutely. I think she's a really thoughtful, um, intentional storyteller and, and creative and, and it, and it was a joy to have her on. 
I will say, uh, to bridge into uh, a bit of thanks beyond Alex uh, to Death to Stock, this week's sponsor, <laughs> we had uh, we had a bit of a campaign. So uh, as you might know, I'm, I'm involved in Death to Stock. I am like the creative director for Death to Stock, and and I'm, I'm pretty involved in a lot of the stuff we're producing. And there was a pack, a photo pack. So we, we, we put packs out. Uh, we call them packs. Photo and video packs out twice a month. Uh, once to uh, our free subscribers and then uh, twice a month to our, our premium members. And uh, we put out a, a pack uh, called Cuban Underground, which was talking about the paquetes. Uh, that It was like El Paquete. It was like the USB drive that was sort of um, fabled in, in Cuba, which handed around with all sorts of uh, smuggled media. And we got some we got some dark responses, but it was just interesting, like uh, looking into people subverting uh, restrictions and walls. And, and we had like ended that campaign with a line that I think was "build connections, not walls." And we weren't even really trying to be political, but it, it's uh, it's contentious times. <laughs> and, it is. It is. And, yeah, and, and and that's okay. I think it's it's important to talk about them, and, and I, I don't think we shy away from that as as a brand or as a, a project. And I appreciate that Alex doesn't either. Absolutely. So a, a very fitting sponsor this week. So thank you, Death to Stock, for, for doing things like that latest photo pack and just for existing yeah. because it's a cool service uh, and, a, and a great company, I think. Thanks, man. And yeah, of course. And thanks, Alex, for joining uh, and being super generous with her time and being a great guest. Hey, and thanks, listeners, for listening. Thanks to everyone who wrote in slamming us for our intro last week about having the wrong episode number and hopefully stuck with us through that rough patch uh, and enjoy episode truly 123. Represent. Right now you're standing uh, outside of the cottage and you're just looking at Vince and I. Uh, you're looking through the... You went the, with cottage? I thought you was going to be like outside the club. No, like no, bouncers. no. Stop, stop. This is a much more, this is a much more serene <laughs> setting. So, Vince. Grant. Vince, we did talk about last week how nice it was to say each other's names. Let's just keep reveling in it, Grant. Vince, it really is. There is something. Uh, it, there's something almost like primitive because I've associated. You know, you identify with your name, and then you have this identity and this this like self image, and then to hear it reflected is a. It's it's kind of like the modern version of looking in a mirror and like realizing you're human and and, and having a sense of self. And so to hear mm. you say my my name, Vince, and to know it's directed at me, I don't know, man. It it tickles me somewhere special. I think I'm got to be rele- <laughs> releasing some sort of like uh, a happiness chemical right now. Yeah, it's very affirmational, right? To hear your name spoken, I like it. Yeah, thanks, dude. Um, I actually had a question. Uh, I actually had something I wanted to ask you, if that's okay. Yeah, please. Uh, now is the perfect time. Great. During um, the episode. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're we're recording. We're we're doing the podcast, so I might as well um, might as well ask now. If Vince, if not now, when? You know. 
uh yeah i agree cool that makes sense, man um well i guess i was just wondering like, what are you working on what are you putting your time into well that's a good question grant uh right now it's right today i'm packing i'm getting ready to go out to portland ah portland so boy. that'll be yeah I was just there. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be legally changing my name to portland boy while i'm out there <laughs> you can only do that in in portland um Besides that, it's been mostly, it's actually been kind of a quiet couple weeks. Work has been work, but I haven't been too dug in on anything else, just enjoying it. I did get finally legally um, affirmed uh, to perform marriages. You did, in okay. Minnesota. This has been, yeah. this has been a, a progressing thing. You've mentioned it. Yeah, a few I was times ordained. Was, yep, okay. So that was that, but then I wasn't legally approved yet, but now I am. Congratulations, sir. I'll, uh, what does one, what does one send a friend who has been legally ordained and, uh, affirmed as you put it to, uh, to perform marriages? I mean, if you have the name of a tailor who could do a good silk robe, I mean, uh, that would be, that'd be a good start. Grant, what about you? What have you been putting your time into recently? What uh, you working on? You know, a couple things. We, we launched that, uh, Patreon campaign, um, I think I've mentioned that in a couple episodes, but uh, People for the Arts, uh, it's a kind of a cool campaign. They're running, I mean, I was going to say sort of in response, but directly in response to the uh, cuts to funding for, for arts and, uh, you know, from the Trump administration. So uh, that's that's out the door, which is really fun. Um, it's fun to see your work in the wild. And besides that, I, I've really been prepping... Uh, I wrote a treatment for a music video uh, for an artist I really like uh, that I've been connected with out here, and it got approved. And now we're just sort of like trying to trying to pull some of the budgetary and like logistical elements together. So it seems like we're like we're like seventy percent greenlit, which is really exciting. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't even talk about it. But but hey, if, if it I falls mean, apart, it's still cool. kind of interesting. Yeah yeah, for sure. That that's a it's a little bit of an intense period though when like. When you have a you have a kind of a concept for something, especially in directing, you have a concept and you pitch it, and so many of them get turned down that when one actually is approved, it's sort of like, oh fuck, I've got to make it now. <laughs> you know, it's it's easy to get avant garde. It's real. In your yeah, that becomes yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, so I've been working on that, bruh. Well, that's, I mean, that's exciting. And whenever you're, whenever you're at liberty to share the artist that you're like really oh, you're yeah, into. It's, cool. it's, be... it's a dude named Nombe. I don't think there's any problem saying that. Are there, there are far, here, I'll tell you this. There are far less NDAs in the music industry than there are in the startup world. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Noted, noted. Yeah, man. Uh, cool. Yeah. Well, Maybe it we'll, sounds we'll, show like notes, we'll show notes some of his music. It's good. And I I love Grant. You know what I do? This is going to sound like a segue, but it's actually based on a true sentiment. Uh, you know, why can't it be both? <laughs> I always love how you give shout outs to the other types of creative people that you're collaborating with and working on. Mm. You're so good about giving credit and giving sincere praise. And that, I mean, that's really important wow. to give some representation Wow! Look to the people guy. that you're working with. Wait a second. Hold on. Did I, it is. That's what we're talking about today. But who are we talking about it with? Well, we have someone really cool on the show who's doing an amazing, important, interesting project. I learned about the project and about the, the artist herself through a few of my friends who are contributing to it. Uh, her name is Alex Barczyk. 
and she is a photographer and designer, and as she put it, a creative soul. Thanks so much, Alex, for joining the show. Happy to be here. <laughs> Vince, are you well, Alex, Are you particularly connected with her? As we said, you, you, her last name's Polish. How do the how do the Czech and the Poles get along? <laughs> Ooh, I mean, it's a, that'd be a better answer for my Czech family, but um, <laughs> I think well, I think pretty well. Maybe we'll get an update from one of the extended line of coaches. We'll get we'll get them on the <laughs> yeah. line next week. We both fought the Russians, you know. We both were like, get out, get out of our countries. So we got that in common. Or something, uh, Alex. How do you <laughs> feel about the Czechs? You know, I don't really keep up to date on the history of that. I, I'm not oh, wow. representing myself well. <laughs> no, it's okay. no, it's Come quite on. all right. Um, <laughs> but I do have a question for you that's maybe more pertinent. Uh, what are you putting your time into recently? What are you working on? That's a great question. I'm kind of in flux right now, actually, um, for all of 2017. I'm on a sabbatical from paid photography work, which is kind of stemmed out of, I mean, totally stemmed out of just an all creative burnout um, and starting a full-time job and transitioning into that. It's been very um, exhausting and I'm just trying to recalibrate and see uh, where I want to put my creative energy these days. So I'm kind of playing around with a few things right now. I'm, shifting my website I think I'm gonna transition more towards a blog where I can experiment with all sorts of creative things like video and design and writing more photography Um, but it's really freeing to not have to do any photographic work for anyone at this moment I I really just want to focus on where my creative energy is right now so that doesn't give a direct answer but i'm i'm in flux i'm figuring it out <laughs> that's cool I, I think there's something really interesting and potentially really productive about that about what you're doing i think a lot of people get stuck in these sort of loops or cycles uh that are based on what they think other people want or what they think they need to do Um, especially artists and especially in the digital age, it's so easy to kind of just get into this toxic cycle of putting out new stuff, putting out new stuff uh, because you feel like you have to in order to stay relevant. But I I think there's a lot of value. And I have to guess we're going to see more and more of it, of this like sort of disappearing for a bit. Uh, Disappearing is the wrong term, but uh, you know, in digitally, I think there's something really Mm -hmm. valuable about that. The ability to like step away in order to kind of get more energy and and put more time and love into something and then step back into the light. Yeah, totally. And I think part of it for me, it took me a while to warm up to the idea of a sabbatical because I was so hung up on this idea of the hustle. And I think I was understanding the hustle in kind of a distorted way where I just had to keep going even when everything in me was telling me to stop and to take a breath and um, get some perspective. Um, And so once I did put a pause on all this nonstop creative thinking and creative work, which don't get me wrong, I love all of that. And I do that full time. So it was becoming 150% part of my work, of my life. Um, And it was exhausting. So I think I wanted a break from the hustle. (laughs) And I was at a point in my life where I could take a break from that. Yeah, we've talked about how romanticized the grind is Mm -hmm. uh, in our current uh, zeitgeist and how that can be pretty destructive. And it can be 
really destructive to creatives who work themselves to the mental and physical bone to mm-hmm. constantly output uh, sort of the opposite end of the, the equally valid criticization cycle that is, you know, not doing anything and sort of treading water. It's also possible to swim too hard and drown yourself. <laughs> I, totally. I also think most people, I, I think there's probably a correlation between uh, the amount of like the 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 more you you talk about grinding, probably the less you're actually doing it. <laughs> like I, rise I and grind, that. baby. I fucking <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, and the grind itself is, I think, thankfully, become sort of memeified within our culture to elicit the adverse reaction it deserves. Like sometimes grinding is necessary and it is productive. Mm-hmm. And but but oftentimes it's destructive. Well, before we get too far down any other paths, Alex, would you do us uh, the service of talking a bit about the project that was the first my first introduction into your work, uh, yeah. which is called the Immigrant Portrait Project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it kind of was a perfect transition um, from taking a sabbatical from paid work. I wanted to open up the door for any creative juices I had for photography still. Um, and right around that time was when Trump's um, travel ban, Muslim ban, whatever you want to call it. Um, when that arose and that really struck a chord deep within me, um, it was a combination of, I mean, it really was, it was about people and I love people. And I, I felt like it was totally not doing justice to who people's store, what people's stories are. Um, yeah. So it struck a chord deep within me and I felt like the only thing I knew how to do in response, um, was to create, um, so I was sitting, I remember sitting on my couch and scrolling Facebook and getting really, really angry at everything that I was seeing. And I felt like I had to do something right now or else I wasn't sure what, ne- what, what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Um, so I posted on Facebook that I want to, I wanted to interview, um, people who either were immigrants or, um, our ancestors have ancestors who are immigrants or related to an immigrant, basically any connection to immigration. I wanted to talk to them and um, share their story by capturing a captivating portrait. Um, And I got an overwhelming response. Like I remember in the next, over the course of the next week, I was managing this project with emails, um, setting things up probably like four to six hours a day. Um, And so it was a it was a combination of photographers and writers and other creatives who wanted to be a part of it, which was really special to me to know that there um, were more people who wanted to contribute and wanted to help tell stories that matter um, and wanted to hear these stories and share them. That was really special to me. And so um, it kind of grew really quickly, really fast, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yeah, well, I think the project itself sounds awesome, and in terms of you know what we're talking about today, representation is often about um, it, it's often about giving a, a voice to someone who might not have the medium to express it otherwise. And I think 
the Immigrant Portrait Project uh, is definitely doing that in an important way. So thanks, thanks by the way, for <laughs> this creative effort. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been really humbling to be a part of. And I'll be honest, it, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. The, the first day that I set up interviews, I did um, one-hour time slots, and I did four time slots in a row. Um, and after that, <laughs> I swore I would never do four in a row again because mm-hmm. I'm a little introverted soul, and I was depleted. Because it takes a lot to listen to people's story, these stories that are really intense. Um, that have a lot of weight to them mm-hmm. and to really listen in a way that um, requires understanding and open-mindedness and um, then to take what you're hearing and to create art from that, to create a portrait that is meaningful, that takes a lot of energy. And so it's definitely taken a lot out of me since starting, but it's also filled me up so much just mm-hmm. to to hear these stories and to um, take part in sharing them. And also to know that I have partnership in sharing them. So I have people who are helping me transcribe and write, um, which is so great so that um, we can get these out quickly and be sharing as many as we can. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. That, this is, um, I feel like we're kind of bridging a little outside of, or, or what I'm really interested in is like slightly outside of technically the topic here, but it's uh it's really, it's so important. It's like vital in the creative world. And I think for artists and, and creatives in general, that when they're called to something or they're compelled by something, I mean, first off to not wait, you know, I think the more, the more you wait, Mm -hmm. the more that fear sets in, that doubt sets in, that uh, excuses manifest. Um, And then also I I think there's an important lesson here about, like the weight of, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of a, a combination of introvert and extrovert, but, but I really, I really, uh, understand, or I try, I seek to understand the weight a project will have on me. Cause I, I know I just give so many fucks about it. And, uh, it sounds like you're, you're, you're getting into that territory where it's like, <laughs> you just, you, you, you start to, you start to feel the weight of it, but it's so important. I mean, that's like, that's where the good stuff is. So Absolutely. okay, I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Uh, we. I wonder if you could share a little bit um, as you've gone down this path. Like, uh, what are some of the things you've been hearing, or if there's like a particular story that stuck out to you? Or, or, or yeah, yeah. What, are, what are people like uh, feeling as they're coming into these sort of sessions? These these sound like pretty kind of intense sessions. Yeah, I I jokingly said this to my mom after the first day um, that I was now a qualified therapist because, um, yeah, it's some intense stuff. Um, But going into it, I think I expected um, kind of like a traditional immigration story from each of these people. Like, my parents came and uh, we grew up here and we had to learn a new language I guess I had these preconceived notions um, and going into each interview, those were slowly taken down. And I think that was really important because um, I was hearing real stories of people who had really unique situations. Um, The the very first person that I interviewed, she's Pakistani and um, her family immigrated here when she was three. So she doesn't actually remember anything from Pakistan. And, um, 
So her story is really interesting of she feels very American, but she also has this deep thread of culture of Pakistan. And that's very much a part of her family. Um, And so she's in the middle of balancing the two and finding her identity in the two. And I think that was not something that I anticipated hearing at all. I didn't anticipate those those kinds of stories. Um, And and also, I think another thread that surprised me, um, which it surprises me that it surprised me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No double surprise. I was surprised. Um, I just consistently heard that um, however they immigrated here, these people came for opportunity, which it seems so simple. And um, I have definitely heard that before, but I guess hearing it in each individual story was really cool to hear why each family came over, why each person came over, and it ultimately came down to opportunity, which is totally why I'm doing this project, because I believe in that opportunity. I've had so many opportunities um, as an American and as a creative and so many privileges that I can take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want, I don't want myself to take them for granted. I don't want other people to take them for granted. I want um, us to be more recognizing of what we have and grateful. Um, and then also just, yeah, generous with our spirits to recognize people who don't have opportunity all the time. They have to seek it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, that's, I think, one of the things that struck me most about uh, reading the submissions that are currently up. And by the way, we'll, we'll show notes, uh, the Immigration Portrait Project. But the sincerity, I mean, that shouldn't surprise you either. But uh, these people's stories are just so raw and, and generous that mm-hmm. um, it's, it's really a, a pleasure to be able to unlock them and, and give them representation where they might not have had it before. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I'm interested in is maybe somewhat of a, I mean, you you touched on it briefly here a couple seconds ago, but as a a person that is doing a project about immigrants and immigrant stories, who is not an immigrant herself, there is some sensitivity in the way in which you represent your own project. I'm imagining uh, mm-hmm. Have you encountered any, mm, I, I don't even want to call it friction, but has that conversation come up for you in beginning this project? I think that's a really great question. Um, I have done my best to approach this with grace and humility because I know that I'm in no place to be telling these stories. Um, like, who am I to be telling them? Um, but as I go into each interview, I try to create a safe space for everyone. Um, and I honestly, I just want to learn. I just want to hear their story. Um, and so there's a lot that I don't know. There's a lot that I don't understand about immigration. Um, and, and so I go in with open hands, um, to just learn. And, and that's why I've, I've been so, um, surprised by the responses uh, because it, it wasn't something that I, I could step into and understand from the get go. Um, and I'm, I, so I'm learning as I'm going. Hmm. I do think there's something important about, and, and something that 
I hope, I mean, I was gonna say I hope prevails, but it will prevail. It is like the nature of it. But, but, um, especially in a, in a more contentious societal climate and conversation, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of energy right now, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes when faced with that energy, it's really easy to, especially, especially from a place of privilege, to just kind of be quiet, you know, and like get out of the way of it. Um, and I think there's, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put, put this on a pedestal or, or, uh, put a spotlight on this too much. This idea of like a privileged person stepping up. And I'm not saying you in particular, but just like, mm-hmm. I, I, I do think there's something, uh, that I don't want, I don't want, uh, too much of this negative, uh, or potential for, for friction or for pushback to silence people. And, and I think even in the reverse, and, and I think that's why it's commendable and important what you're doing. Uh, I think it's, 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 you just, you have to step up and create if you can and, uh, not be afraid of the consequences and just be vulnerable in the creation and know that maybe you're not, you're maybe not the best technically person, you know, you're maybe not the most representative person to share the stories, but you are capable. And so that therefore it makes you, you know, if you're willing to do it, it makes you uh, the best candidate. It's really whoever is, is willing to do it. So I I think it's, I don't know, that's really special. That's like a special uh, place to be operating and creating from. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree with that. And again, it, it's the humility thing of who am I to be doing this? Um, but the really special thing about this is that so many people have reached out to me um, asking how they can be a part of it and mm-hmm. how they can partner. Um, and so I know that I have more voices going into this than just my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been meeting with some people who have so much more context and so much more understanding for uh, the stories that I'm diving into the stories that I'm telling and it's been really helpful and honestly kind of just keep me grounded to know that um, I have other people who are helping me share these stories mm-hmm. um, who may or may not be more qualified. I, I don't think it's a matter of being qualified. Yeah. I think you're right. It's, it's a matter of stepping out. Totally. And I mean, honestly, I, I think, I think m- more people should feel empowered i think by your story and in general to just step up and if that means taking taking some pushback from people that's okay because if you if you're willing to step up and be a magnifier of other voices and give other people uh maybe maybe a step up from where they're at and and give them the courage to share their stuff i think you just kind of have to get over your own ego or your own potential vulnerability as someone who is I mean, maybe privileged and maybe not, maybe you don't feel qualified in whatever way, whether that's because of your context to the stories you you're interested in telling or or uplifting or your skills as whatever. I think anybody who steps up um, in, in a really meaningful way or a purposeful way, I think you can then attract the type of people that give you the qualifications necessary and nothing's really necessary. There are no rules, but I think if you're, (laughs) if you're generous and you give a shit, (laughs) Like that, that just attracts more goodness and creates more goodness. Totally. Totally agree. And I mean, it's it's an impossible subject to speak definitively on, but I feel like it's the the big important linchpin piece Mm. of this puzzle is representation, fair, accurate, truthful, and 
through another person's voice, allowing them to speak for themselves. Because when you start um, maybe representing on behalf of someone or misrepresenting someone, that's when that's the the dark side of representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how your voice can overwrite the words of another person's voice if you're representing I, them. In I, the I do feel like that what's so interesting to me as photographer, it, and and I think like you, Alex, I identify um, in multiple mediums, um, but the. The, the onus to me, I mean, depending, of course, on the project, but especially when making portraits or photographing someone in any sort of intimate way, whether that's because of um, the context they're represented or because of uh, the message behind it or the potential direction of that, like, it's there's such an onus on you to uh, hopefully amplify or reveal, like, an essence versus manufacture. I mean, it, again, it depends on the project, but... That's why I, I I think there's something really, I I don't know I I I maybe romanticize the idea of like making pictures, but um, that's there's something really cool and uh, I think mm, important about like representing people when you're a photographer, and so then to to then bridge that into a specific topic and a specific set of portraits. And then, so, and can, sorry, just clarify for me. So the story is fully transcribed. So that is something that I'm still figuring out. The first one I posted was not fully transcribed because these conversations have ranged anywhere from like seven minutes to an hour long. Mm -hmm. Um, So I fully transcribed the first one and then narrowed it down to what I felt was the core of what she was getting to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, actually, I like your note of misrepres- misrepresentation. I think that's something I really want to avoid and be mm-hmm. careful of. Um, and so, with each person that I photograph and tell their story, um, I am choosing to to send the transcribed, um, whatever, mm-hmm. the finished piece to them along with the photograph. And I ask them, does this feel true to you? I don't want to put any words yeah. into your mouth, but this is what I heard and this is what I felt um, most strongly. Um, and I want to make sure that more than anything that I'm communicating your story truthfully. Mm. Um, and that's something I really believe in. I think it'd be easy for me. And actually, um, as I was photographing each of these subjects, I think, um, there were some poses or some, um, lighting that I wanted to do more, more so than others, but I, it didn't feel true to what their story was. And so I had to create in a different way. And that was challenging and, pro- and probably not actually what I, what I would have chosen if it was just, um, I'm creating for myself, yeah. um, just taking a portrait. Um, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it's so important to represent well if you're going to tread on, into the waters of representation. <laughs> That's such a responsibility, right? You're, it's someone has entrusted you with their, uh, for lack their of a, a more accurate word. Yeah, their image. Yeah, I was going to say reputation, but that's even that's even more accurate <laughs> with their identity. So uh, being faithful to it is is really important. Yeah, man. Uh, um, have you seen? Sorry, have you seen the episode of? Uh, have you watched Abstract at all? The I've only seen the first episode. Oh my goodness! I, I, I see the first darling, four. Please do me so. a favor. See the Platon, and I might be pronouncing okay. that wrong. Uh, the photographer's episode. I you, <laughs> you it's going to be so powerful to you. I cannot okay. like I cried at it, <laughs> and yeah, this is going to this is going to wreck you. 
Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, actually, do me a favor. Watch it before you do your next next session of this. Okay, great. Yes. I'll watch it tonight. <laughs> Love it. Oh, feel free to contact me after if you need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful. I mean, honestly, the, uh, me- like, well, not even the metaphor, but the the act of taking photos is a metaphor for communicating, like, I mean, this can can tend to the avant-garde as that episode really does, but it is like a uh, a representation of a person's identity. It's their soul, ideally, you know, in a really mm-hmm. a really strong strong portrait. Um, so it, there is this like kind of intense responsibility as as um, the person who who does represent them in the the mm-hmm. amplifier of the voice or the the curator, the creator. Oof. <laughs> what and what about the artists themselves grant what about the way in which you we choose to represent ourselves totally yeah so then it's there's another lens uh that we're looking through with that too yeah i don't know this there's, there's like no there's no like concrete answers but i do think i do think like the more intentional you are the more thoughtful you are about that process i think especially when you pair that with um quality craft that's where i a lot of the best results come from or maybe i'm just romanticizing it <laughs> no i i don't th- uh, maybe you are but i think you're doing it accurately if you are mm. um we've talked a lot about this is a, a fun moment i always like to think back on when did i start to call myself a writer mm. or when did insert name here, start to call themselves a painter yeah, or yeah. photographer. Moment zero of like, yeah, totally. So Alex, maybe you can answer this. When did you start calling yourself a photographer and would you call yourself a photographer now or are you transitioning away? Are you transitioning with? Great questions. Um, They're okay. I, Don't give him too much credit. I, His head will get too big. <laughs> um, I think I started calling myself a photographer, let's see, I think I was 16. I know that I started, um, I mean, I got my first camera in eighth grade and um, (laughs) whatever, slowly started building up from there. But it really was um, the community I was in, they encouraged me to call myself to put that label on myself and I didn't feel ready to do that yet because I didn't feel um like a professional or I didn't feel good enough um but once I started calling myself that I think I was really able to step into the role of a photographer and explore different boundaries and see what I liked what I didn't like and I think there's a certain level of freedom that comes with that when you're able to identify as a photographer or whatever, any creative that you want to be, um, anything really. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I think I started calling myself a photographer around 16. Um, and I would say, yes, I'd still call myself a photographer, but I don't want it to stop there. I think with, um, my sabbatical, there's definitely a lot with photography that I still want to explore um, and not having people that I'm shooting for tied to that really frees me up to explore that. 
But there's also a lot of really random creative projects that I'm so interested in trying. I really want to paint a mural because I'm interested in what it's physically like to create something that is physically larger than yourself. And I'm interested in filmmaking and I'm interested in podcasts and I'm interested in. All right. All right. All right. Well, we've got one to cross off your bucket list. <laughs> Careful right. now. She's coming <laughs> after us. No, here's what I think. Okay. For context, how old are you now? Um, I'm 20. Yes. Okay. So I, I think most of our listeners would consider you young. Um, and I think, I, I think that should not be uh, demotivating or Vince demotivating. Yeah, it shouldn't be demotivating. No, no, no. Sorry. I was just uh, the conjugation <laughs> of that. I was like, is that. I'm really loose with the conjugation you, you rules, Grant. You, you so sometimes you, lead you me got astray. my stamp of approval, but <laughs> I wouldn't consider that, you know, book legal. I, I, feel, I feel like I will get in an argument at a bar sometime about some sort of conjugation. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, no, no. My co host, Vince, he's the smartest <laughs> dude I know. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but I think that could be. Uh, it, it's it's easy to compare, and I think a lot of people be like, "Wow, she's doing so much at this age!" Like that would be maybe frustrating for some, but I think it should be inspiring. Um, the confidence you're approaching this stuff with, and what I uh, uh, what I what I really appreciate about your approach, and why I feel like uh, you're going to do even more great things, is that you're uh, you're already thinking of yourself as a multi hyphenate, which is uh, which is kind of becoming potentially cliche in the modern era which which but that's usually more a product of indecision uh versus actual deep um uh developed skill sets and that's just mm. this is something i like care deeply about and i've like put a lot of energy into and so i, I think i'm particularly cognizant of it and uh for i i think we share a lot of similarities so maybe i just like like what you're doing because i feel like i see myself in you no but but it, <laughs> but but having um particular things you want to do and then there are different skill sets that fit into each of those that i think is one of the most productive ways to develop as an artist and to develop your skill sets because you have a guidepost within each of these things and you're you're sort of compelled to build your skill sets in all sorts of ways um because there are so many different things and there's so many ways to get to those endpoints of those projects and of course it'll change along the way but you've got some guidance some self-guidance you know if you say i want to do this mural you might start out on a path um and you might realize the most important element of that was actually just the larger than you element but you'll mm -hmm. have been developing skills that will lead you further and further and you might be it, it'll just get you moving and i think i think a lot of people are like looking for that and um, I, I think that's a really productive way to approach, to approach like developing as an artist and developing as a creative person. Hmm. Yeah, I think I have deep discontentedness within myself, and I think that's um, a driving factor of why I am interested in so many things. I'm not content to just be a photographer for the rest of my life. That sounds that sounds way too limiting and I'm too claustrophobic for that. Mm. Um, and I think once I've started to get the hang of one thing, I, I want to move on to something else. I want more. I um, need to stay stimulated in that way. And so I, I can totally trace it back to being discontent most of the time, <laughs> which can sound like a negative thing, but I think it really is a driving factor in so much of what I create. I just, I can't be content with what I have 
Yeah, I mean, listen, we we relate, and there's, I mean, there's a, uh, we've had Tina Smaker on here of The Great Discontent, and I think one of the big, um, one of the big hypotheses to come out of that is that the discontent is what drives forward, and it's not, it's not, (laughs) as the word sounds, discontent, it's not unhappy, per se, there Mm -hmm. are a lot of happy people that are discontent, it's just striving, And and I think it's important, and I I don't want to say feel grateful for that, but I do think because of that, like you, you're probably going to be restless and there's going to be a lot of difficulty in managing some of that discontentedness, but ultimately that will drive you forward and it will just like sort of naturally keep you uh, creating for good or for ill. So I, that's, that's great. Embrace it <laughs> as you have. I don't, I'm not, I'm not giving you advice. You're <laughs> Yeah. I welcome well, I think I think what was what was cool about the way that you described that Alex is that it really showed off exactly how Im- important or maybe how meaningless <laughs> titling and and self-representation is it lent you the confidence once you started calling yourself photographer you started thinking about yourself as photographer and it sort of unlocked more uh, creative power yeah. for la- lack of a more eloquent way of speaking. Uh, but at the same time, you can have to wear them like an albatross, these categorizations, mm-hmm. and they can feel stifling yeah. if it becomes too associated Th- to They're you. only as helpful as you make them. And really, mm-hmm. most most times, I think those titles are, are mostly for, especially for, uh, let's say, someone who's a, a multi-hyphenate or a closeted multi-hyphenate, like you don't want anyone to know. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're really just helpful in helping other people um, uh, categorize you. And, of course, we don't want to seek categorization, really, for the most part. Uh, but it is sort of a human nature. And in order to engage with, with other people, sometimes that's really a necessary component. I mean, especially freelancers and, and folks who – or just even if you do want to take on – specific role or specific types of projects sometimes you just need to like tell someone you're this because that allows you to step into the door and then build the thing with them otherwise it's, totally. just, like, it's just too overwhelming when someone's like uh, i do this i do this i do this i do this and I, i've learned <laughs> uh, yeah, that that, we, we, we need to represent ourselves we because uh, we need wow. to portray something because the every person you meet isn't going to have the time to sit down and get to know your life story so you've mm-hmm. got to condense it for them. You've got to make a responsible version of your life and expertise that someone else can digest. Ah, shit, man. I don't, I don't need to fit in your box, Vince. <laughs> no, you're right. I'm out of line. <laughs> Scratch this whole episode. Uh, in fact, let's get off the topic. A direct segue. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you know this. You did say you listened to an episode, but every Allegedly. week we like to... <laughs> and Vince, no, no, there is no more direct segue than calling it a direct segue. That's right. That's right. Meta directness. Uh, Alex, we like to take a, a break from the topic at hand and talk about something not particularly germane. germane. TM. I that. <laughs> uh, to the conversation. Well, don't speak too soon because this week yeah, we're talking about suits. Okay. Suits, Alex, and whatever that means to you, wherever your head first goes, or second what do you goes, think about or third goes? That's right. It's up to you. <laughs> what do you think the about first, suits? The first place it goes is this is currently what I am trying to balance and figure out in my life. Um, so the first place my brain went was, oh, business attire. 
like men wear suits for business attire. And there have been a few situations. So where I work, it's pretty casual wear. And there, But there have been a few situations lately where I've had to wear more business attire. And I don't have like the girls level of suits, like mm. the same level. You're not on that Hillary, yeah, <laughs> Hillary pantsuit life. I know I, I don't have that. So that is what I'm trying to navigate in life right now is, is where to find those. I would love clothes. to find a photo of me when I was 20. So I'm 26 now, uh, okay. somewhat recently, but, uh, I like, I think there are a lot of people who met me in the last three years who would not recognize that person. <laughs> and I think Vince can attest to this because I met him during this phase where I was only wore khakis and button-up shirts tucked in pretty much. <laughs> and actually, Vince, I yes, know this I, is kind of a, 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 a silly like image in my head, but I remember the first day I met you at the, at the Fast Horse thing, right? So it was just like particularly memorable because it was during, during that event. But I remember wearing this uh, blue um, button-up dress shirt and I had this like pink and blue pink and dark blue tie i wore a fucking tie oh yeah it was i mean he you did you looked a little yeah it was a little stuffy it was just a little stuffy you know it was it was was, so here alex here's what i will say uh well again i'm I'm sorry i'm not i'm not trying to talk down certainly only talking down to this is (laughs) this is me just having a conversation with myself and i'm using you (laughs) you as like the vehicle for that yeah but but uh i i really tried to overcompensate uh because i well i didn't try to overcompensate i tried to compensate but i ended up (laughs) overcompensating because i was in um like more serious business conversations and i was meeting with a lot of adults and uh, i was trying to be professional and i went hard down the like the dress clothes path and it kind of like sent me down a, a weird path because I, I really had this this creative soul that was just trying to get out. But I tucked him into my pants and button, buttoned it up and didn't get out for a couple of years there. Oh, man. I love that. Well, you know, but it's such a, I mean, it's such a relatable thing because I, I mean, I know that I've done the same exact thing. Like you just start, you're trying because you don't know. So you're, you're like, your mind is reaching in every direction for like, ways to fake it till you make it ways to like imitate what you think is the correct move mm-hmm. and i mean i don't know about you but in my rural high school education i got like the 1989 version of the how to get prepare for a job interview yeah, like fuck class and oh boy did i get some misguided advice uh i didn't i learned what a cv was and i I actually wrote a cover letter. They don't do that anymore. I don't know if you I guys I don't even know this, what that is. <laughs> cover letters are extinct. You don't oh, know what a cover, cover letter or a CV? I Cur- know, curriculum CV. vitae? Vitae? Yeah, it's like not your resume, but no, it's it's, like- it's more educational. I mean, artists will have those, especially if they have like residencies or shows. But mm. yeah, it's it's like it's like the souped up version of your education. Gotcha. Well, see, Learn it's also something. a learning experience. This today's podcast, <laughs> Vince. Come on, every episode you learn at least three to <laughs> three to six things from me. <laughs> You're not even wrong. You're not even being sarcastic. Wow, that's actually true. Yeah, someone's um, confidence. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had like a phase even later in life where I thought like 
wearing suits while you went out was super cool. Yeah. Maybe this was a reaction to like the Night cultural the pseudo trend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> post Roxbury, I think it was like the Barney Stinson takeover of, of like the mental. Oh, wow. Uh, how I met your mother. Yeah. How I met your mother. That uh, was like a huge show it? when Neil, I was in, in Neil, college. Neil. Oh shit. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> not DeGrasse what's his name? Tyson. Alex. Neil Campbell. No, Neil. Um, I don't watch enough TV. Patrick Harris, Neil Patrick Neil Harris. Neil Patrick yeah. Harris, okay. <laughs> yes. Dude, well, I, by I, the way, he's a lovely man. If you've ever seen him in interviews, he's like really... He does seem lovely. And he, That's true. He, uh, yeah, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> no, but he, I can't get his character out of my head from Gone Girl, and I love it so much. Like, Oh, my God. I, he was I love so what good. Fincher did with him on that. Like, so fucked. Have you seen Gone Girl? I'm feeling like a baby here. Nope. <laughs> well, Gone Girl only came out like two years ago, but yeah. okay, so um, nope. yeah. Well, you should see it. It's quite uh, it's a beautiful it's movie, quite provocative. Hey, yeah. listen, if you if you ever want to chat filmmaking stuff, I I feel like I I was interested in filmmaking and I went hard down that path, and a lot of it uh, was like just a director to by director study. Not that I know shit now, but I'm just saying like <laughs> I have I have done like the research yeah. portion of it and gotten obsessed with it. Um, but so Fincher, I mean, there's some directors, it's like, they make a movie. It, it would be insane for me to not see it. Cause I'm upset. It's like, it, those, yeah. It's, it's like a band. Things. It's like a band you love. It's like they put on a new record. Coming out with an album. Right? Yeah. 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 For sure. So <laughs> um, Gone, Gone Girl, phenomenal film. All right. So I'm going to do, um, what is the Netflix show that I'm supposed abstract, to watch? Abstract. Abstract. And you're going to, you're going to watch the episode of Platon, the photographer. Okay. Uh, Please, if if nothing else from this episode, do that, and I, and I would recommend to our listeners that they do the same. It's a fucking beautiful episode. It's our homework. Yeah, it really so is. We're, there, there's we're doing a thing at my office where we're going through each of those episodes uh, once a week during lunch. So. Oh, I love that, Vince. That's awesome. So we're through four of them now. So, but Platon hasn't been yet. We just went through the the um, uh, Tinker stage. No. Oh, essay. S. S. Yes. 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 Oh. S. Yeah. Oh. S. She. Fuck. Now, she was really like, like Tinker was amazing, and his episode he was, was phenomenal. He was but fun. that's exactly what I expected his episode to be like. Yeah. S. S's was like constantly. My head was just cocked to the side, and in, in true for, con- for context, S uh, is a stage designer, a, a stage and lighting designer, and she kind of started out in plays and theater, and still does some of that, but uh, really got into some big like rock or not rock, not rock, just music tours like Beyonce, Kanye, U two. Yeah, she basically became like a set designer to pop culture super icons which is like and it's such a cool medium and it's such a, like a import i mean especially with the live show experience these days ah i love it so much man i i geeked out at that one hard uh, especially because i've like been talking with so many musicians and like even with gallant back in the day we were talking about what his live show was going to be because it was like such an element and like seeing some of that progress and just like ah dude it's 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 incredible that show is great, man. That that show, <laughs> is, that what, show what a series. is like. I, I I was describing to Sean, former guest, episode ninety six, Vince. Uh, yeah, Sean Singh, that's right. Uh, who is is my current partner in Death of Stock? But we were, we were talking about that show, and I was saying this is like could not be more designed for me. Like I love Chef's Table. <laughs> I'm obsessed with like high achieving creators. I mean that is you know, kind of what our show is. Uh, you know, we talk to a lot of high achieving creators, but I was just like, and then you take chef's table and then you put it in the design world and then you, you vary it across disciplines within. 
And like, I just lost my mind. I'm actually not certain that we're not living in a Grant Spaniard dream right now. Are you sure you're a real person, Alex? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm pinching myself. I can't tell. <laughs> uh, uh, well, actually, I liked this the way this part of the conversation went way better than suit talk anyway. Shit, Suits are dude, out. hold on. Side note, guys. Side note. I'm going to bring it back to abstract. One, the architect in there worked on the sets for uh, Inception. The dream sets. Oh, oh wow. no shit. Yeah, bro. I don't think he mentioned that in the episode because ah. I, I watched that one too. I, I do think maybe they, 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 it wasn't super explicit. They didn't dig into it, but they showed some of it. My huge takeaway from his episode was how like brutal his haterisms were. Like, yeah. He has some real haters. Yeah, for sure. Some <laughs> real, real haters. He was the most hated, I think. Like, yeah. I, I it could be It could be an industry thing, though. Wow, dude. I actually think Vince. I, I want to go ahead and coin. I'm going to go ahead and coin this as, uh, oh, wait, off topic, off. I don't think it's off, off topic, topic. So O O T T T T O O T T. Yeah, yeah. Double O double T. It's an episode within the off topic episode. Uh, that is where we're digging into something off topic from the off topic. <laughs> I don't even know how, how do, we got here. How do you feel? Hold about on, hold on, hold on. I'm spinning my top. <laughs> oh no, no! With the off top on the off. T- anyway, well, no, no, no. Her, she said, "I don't even know how we got here," and that is the question <laughs> that he asks. Uh, he asks her as they're sitting at the cafe, which is the scene they use, and it is the something that that dude designed. This has gotten so fucking meta, and I'm I apologize. For I'm swearing. lost. I'm a, I'm in Inception right now. Hey, have you seen that one, Alex? Inception. No, and I. Wow. Oh my god! All right. Okay. I know. Okay. We better move okay. on. Okay. Well, hold on. Just to be clear, Christopher Nolan is another director who is like the biggest rock band in the world, and you need to go watch every movie he's ever made. All right. I I saw him at. The, I saw him at the Walker Art Center uh, maybe a year and a half ago or two years ago, whatever, and I started bawling. I was, in, I was like, second row, and it was, like, during a Q&A with him, and I just, like, started crying. I was like, fuck. I, I love that story. I love Grant's stories. They're just so, like, they're always so... Visceral? They're always so, like, honest. That's what, uh, they, earnest. They, yeah, they run high. Earnest. They're earnest. They're I guess earnest. I'm earnest. It's kind of terrible, but... <laughs> have you ever seen any of the Ernest like Ernest goes to prison uh, I probably Ernest does seen Halloween <laughs> hold on Vince maybe this um, is maybe this is an episode of OTC off topic cinema yeah that's <laughs> there we go uh, you're, you're part of uh, a little bit of show history yeah Alex Barczyk hmm. um, we've really spun into a new dimension much like they did in uh, Interstellar, another Nolan classic. <laughs> I read the script for that, and do you know do you know who Hans Zimmer is? Yes, I've heard the name. Okay, because I was gonna, I was about to start an episode of off-topic cinema composition. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we didn't. An go TTCC. Uh, all right, truly off Alex, the rails. We're, we're, let's go so far off the rails that we're back on the original rails, uh, a full <laughs> right. circle, if you will. And jump back into talking about representation. And the the questions that we always ask are even more apropos than normal, given what the you know title of this episode is. Could you answer two of these cues for us? Uh, the first one being, how can our listeners support you, Alex Rabarczyk? That's a great question, again. <laughs> um, uh. um, 
Is it getting to your head yet? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, the first time any guest says it, it's instantly Max. How do you get? <laughs> um, so I we are taking any collaborators. So um, photographers and writers are our primary contributors um, for obvious reasons. But I've had some people reach out who run like online interview columns and basically like media so any way that we can a either tell stories b share these stories so photographers if you're interested in photographing you don't have to be in minneapolis um um, i have we have photographers in seattle and florida um, and texas so anywhere you are i'm sure that you know an immigrant or a great 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 descendant of an of a immigrant um so you can photograph you can partner with a writer to help interview and transcribe where do people find you where do people find this project how do they get in touch so our page i have made this complicated because i currently don't really have a website for myself sure um but if you want to connect with the immigrant portrait project you can go to medium.com backslash immigrant slash or dash portrait dash project. Um, I'll show notes that. That's great. Yeah. Yes. So you can, I think you can contact me through there. Is there an email address maybe? (laughs) I will add add one. This is very scrappy. Um, I mean, we're on the ground floor here. (laughs) I meant meant for you. I meant for you. Maybe there's an email. Oh yes, yes, yes. If you want to email me, it's hello at Alex dash R Y at Gmail. Yes. Wait. Okay. Okay. Struggle. No, no, no. G-mail. Hello at alex-ry.com. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Well, Let me I mean, this as hard as possible for you to contact me. <laughs> well, because you get them to jump through the hoops and then you know they're serious. Exactly. Seal the message in a bottle, throw it into the Hudson River. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No. It'll uh, make its way great. somewhere how over to the Minneapolis. Minna, Minna, wow. Mississippi. And then it has to go up the Mississippi. Anyway, <laughs> Alex, I do, do have to say it is. It's awesome for you know. There are a lot of ways that our guests ask people to support them, and they're they never cease to amaze me with how interesting and and selfless they are but rarely do we get the special treat of asking for contributors and collaborators so that's cool and i hope anyone i know there are creative people listening right now uh, who thinks this is important should uh jump through those hoops to get in touch with you <laughs> or just shoot you an email we'll show notes Either all of the above uh the second question that we have for you is if you'd like our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show today what would you want that to be Hmm. I think I would want them to take away. It's important to recognize the weight and value of people's stories. I think that's what I'm learning from telling these stories and listening to people's stories. I think it's very important to recognize that every person's story has weight and significance and importance. Well said and succinctly said. I think when we talk about representation, what's what's the actual end goal? The goal is to get the truest version of uh, the truth. I mean, that sounds contradictory to say, but <laughs> yeah. it, it's really not uh, the the most complete. earnest, the most complete, the complete, full picture. Yes, thank you. 
the full picture. We want to, even if we're distilling, we want to make it right and make it correct. Um, uh, and I think the Immigrant Portrait Project is is really striving truly, and it's hard to do exactly that. So yeah, thanks again for being on the show, and thanks for doing what you do. Thank you for inviting me. It's been yeah. wonderful to be a part of this. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Yeah, I, I hope I hope people take some inspiration from you. You you are young by technical standards, you know. And, <laughs> but I think there's something really um, inspiring and special about that. And, and I, I think it's it's really cool that you're, you know, we we walk around all day telling ourselves a story about our lives and about what's happening to us, about what we're doing. And it really is all just a story. And I think the more we can recognize our own bias and the more we can invite other people's stories, especially, especially the underrepresented ones, um, into that, into that dialogue and into that, that narrative construct, I, I think that only leads to, to good things. So thank you for doing that. And, uh, and I'm excited to see, see what you do with this project. And then I'm excited to see what you do, do after this project. Thank you. Yeah. And don't disappoint us. <laughs> and, 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 no uh, don't you dare not live up to it. Uh, no, nah, obviously. Great. It's all downhill here. But is that not positive? Is that not easier? You have speed. It truly is downhill. <laughs> yeah. Once, once you, once you, it, it's. Uh, we use the friggin' swimming. Uh, what do we call? Is it an analogy or is it a metaphor, Vince? I, I think it's like a parable at this point. Given <laughs> yeah, it's, how it's because it's this uh, the treading water lore of ten thousand hours. <laughs> but but truly, we say that when once you start swimming in any direction, you have momentum, and it's far easier to go anywhere really than it was when you're not swimming when you're just treading water. And uh, I I think it is downhill because you can change directions and you can, you could get all sorts of places. You're you're going to be just fine. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering if you could uh, leave us with with uh, our our customary sign off, which is ship it. Um, and wh- something I really appreciate about your work is that you are shipping it. You are actually putting it out. You're getting it to the finish line uh, or a version of whatever finish line. I think that's just like shipping it is important. And so we like to say ship it. And I'm wondering if you could leave us with uh, with an Alex ship it. <laughs> I will ship it. Okay.